Welcome back, everybody. This is the Sports Counterpoints Podcast. This is episode two. I'm your host, producer GB, this this day. Um, your hosts, Brian and Coop, will be here as we were and as we will be every time, just kind of discussing sports, some topics that are of interest to us, things we want to get off our collective chests, if you will. Um, more your moderator. Let them give you the facts and the actual factuals, if you will, about what's happening in sports. Uh, today we'll be talking about a few topics, um, everything from Jimmy Butler, a little bit of basketball, and out to football. So, uh, Brian, Coop, y'all got anything to say on the intro here? No, let's make it happen. Yep. Got it, man. I, I, li- I like the style. So we're just going. We're just going to dive right into it. Uh, starting with uh, Mr. Jimmy Butler, uh, Mi- Minnesota Timberwolves currently um, has asked to be let go, right? Released. Let me let me out of this. Wants to be traded, right? Wants to be traded, yeah. Wants to be traded. Yeah. Has a select so, destination. So, kind of, what what are your thoughts? I'll start. Um, this is obviously a long time coming. It was very, very obvious that he didn't like Cat and Wiggins from the beginning. It was obvious that he wasn't going to be there long term once once free agency happened. And with like so many other teams, uh, Thibodeau and, and the Wolves decided to try and 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 hang on to a, a moving asset. Uh, it hasn't worked. It's obvious they've got to trade him because he, he's not even going to show up to camp. And it, you, you just, there's nothing you can do about it. Um, so do I think that he'll end up in Cleveland? There's, not, there's talk about that. There's talk that he'll end up in, in Houston. Uh, both of those are, are interesting destinations. Obviously, Houston for Eric Gordon um, would be amazing. Uh, for, for the West, again... But I look, it's going to happen. I don't have a lot of feelings on it. it it's clear that it, it it was a long time coming. I think Jimmy Butler is probably going to find out that people don't value him the way he thinks they should be valued. Uh, he is. I mean, look, if he goes to Houston, where is he on that? A third wheel, right? You know, with the fourth piece being Carmelo. Uh, if he goes to Cleveland, he is loves wingman. Um, you know, he's, he's not going someplace to be the centerpiece, which is what he thinks he should be. Uh, Jace, what you think? Yeah. I mean, I understand he wants to be the man, but he's, he's not the kind of player you build around. So if he wants to, you know, to Brooklyn or to the Knicks, I mean, Oh, can you hear me? Yeah. Sorry about that. Oh, okay. Yep. No, so I understand that he wants to be the man, but he's not the kind of player that you build around. So if he wants to go to Brooklyn or the Clippers or the Knicks and, you know, gets his, you know, $30 million a year or whatever, then, you know, more power to him. Personally, I don't want to see them on the Lakers for plenty of reasons. Um, number one, he can't shoot threes. I mean, we need shooters. I mean, he, uh, he shot 35% from three last year, and he's never shot higher than 38% in a season. You know, and also he has a meniscus issue, which no one is talking about. And he missed 76 games the last five years, which includes 23 last year. So I don't even think he's that reliable. And, you know, people have asked me, you know, what's the possibility of him joining the Lakers? And I just don't want that to happen. Um, I know a lot's been mentioned that he doesn't want to play with the Lakers because of because of uh, LeBron. And we all know that he's best friends. You know, him and Kyrie are just tight. So I'm sure Kyrie told him every negative thing about playing with LeBron during his time in Cleveland to steer Jimmy Butler away from playing with the Lakers. So that doesn't surprise me at all that a report came out that he doesn't want to play for the Lakers. But, you know, he, he can 
you know, he's going to leave Minnesota where he goes. Will he make an impact? I don't think so. Cause he wants to be the man. He's just not, not that kind of player. So it's not a person who really interests me. It's interesting to me that it, I agree with you that Kyrie has most definitely told him everything that could possibly be said, good, positive, uh, or negative, but playing with LeBron, the three teams that have been mentioned have been obviously Boston because they're, they're good friends and, and, and Boston might want to try and keep Kyrie New York, uh, in Brooklyn, because there's always a speculation that those teams have the money and the interest of putting those two together. And then the Clippers, uh, why anybody wants to, to go and, and deal with that mess. I mean, I know they're <laughs> going to get the new stadium, but I, why anyone wants to be part of that mess is beyond me. There's no Samuel uh, there. Say again? There's no telling if you'll even be there when the stadium gets built. Yeah, well, it's, it's a one-year one deal. Yeah. It's obvious that, that Kyrie and Jimmy are, are, are trying to angle the play. I think that's most likely in New York. Yeah. Um, and I so that. they can both be equally as rele- irrelevant together. <laughs> yes. You think Kyrie? Boston can't. If Boston wins it this year, oh yeah, yeah, uh-huh. it's been. Uh, Jason, you tell me if you, you think otherwise, but it's been widely speculated that Kyrie is on the first thing smoking at the end of the season uh, up to New York. And yeah, to, yeah. To give you a little background on Kyrie, I heard about Kyrie when he was in high school playing AAU, and from what I what I've heard about Kyrie, Kyrie is into Kyrie. So it didn't surprise me that he wanted to leave from playing LeBron because he was pretty much irrelevant in Cleveland until LeBron got there, to be perfectly honest, which he wasn't winning games there. LeBron got there. It boosted his profile. Then he left LeBron, which, like I said, didn't surprise me because he's into himself. And now you, you're hearing stories about how he wants to go to New York. He doesn't care about how good Boston's team is. He wants he's into himself. So to have that New York market you know, cater to him. You know, and have all that attention. I, I know he's looking into that. And if I had to bet, he's going to the Knicks, and Jimmy Butler would join him there, like you said, be irrelevant together. So, yeah, I, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I agree with where they're going. I, I've never, I've never thought that low of Kyrie. That's a, <laughs> that's pretty. That's a tough, uh, a tough, a tough, a tough bottom there. Yeah. But um, I do think that the Knicks um, is is the most likely destination. Yeah. Um, I think they'd love to put him and Jimmy Butler together. Uh, with the oh, team yeah. that they've got, I think that that's a solid stops, three yeah. play, three man team. Yeah. But I think that the Boston team this year is stronger than that New York team next year. Yeah. Um, and so what you're going to see is if Boston can't win or get into the finals, there's there's nothing about that new New York team if that happens that's all of a sudden going to shake the the world. They're they're all basically hoping that somebody leaves from from the Warriors yeah. and gives everybody else a chance, right? Which will so. happen, which will happen next year. Yep. I can dig that. Okay. Uh, also just a quick note to, to anybody listening. We are last podcast. We're all together for first weekend of football. Now we are in three different cities. I'm all in California, but you know, blame any technical difficulties on uh, Al Gore for creating the internet. So <laughs> our next, uh, so we got that kind of thoughts on Jimmy Butler uh, shifting gears, let's shift to, you know, it's just Monday Night Football just went off, switched to the NFL. Um, on the last podcast, we did a uh, division and by division comparison or ranking, if you will, for what you both thought teams would do this year in the league. Um, and now let's, let's think about what's one of those predictions that you actually regret. Let me start this one. I, I have to. 
it's the Houston Texans winning the oh, AFC South. Uh, I really wish I could take that back now. I mean, I've watched Deshaun Watson, the Texans, play this year. And, yes, their offensive line is bad, but Deshaun Watson just doesn't look the same. Uh, he's holding the ball way too long too often. He looks indecisive. He's throwing the ball really, really late too many times. And I don't think it's all him. I think also it's Bill O'Brien, one of those, you know, uh, Bill Belichick coaching disciples. And of course, he has a career under 500 record, but I just think uh, the, the him and Deshaun Watson aren't in sync. They're running a different offense than last year, and it's just not working. But for Deshaun Watson, if I had to guess, I believe there's something going on mentally to where he's thinking too much about the ACL injury he came back from last year, yeah, and it's on his mind when he plays and he doesn't want to get hurt again. You know, I just wish I just want him to go back to where he was just playing more freely, like he did last year and like he did in college. So I think I. Blew that pick, that prediction. I'd agree with you. Uh, I bet you blew that pick. But, <laughs> uh, and, and if you hadn't brought that one up, I was going to bring it up for you, by the way. Um, I, I do think that you're right. He is thinking a little bit too much. But look, most players, most athletes take a full year to come back from ACL injuries. You know, not everybody's Adrian Peterson um, when he came back from it. But uh, so Houston has obviously struggled. Uh, I did not have him at the top spot. I had him in second spot. You know, I, they're probably not even that good. I had them as my backup regret. My, <laughs> my primary regret is, is actually a lower team. It, it was thinking that Oakland might win a game. And, and I, I know the world is not going to be happy. But if you look, if you look at their, what they're doing, um, how poorly they're playing, and then look at the teams that they play, Outside of next week, when they're playing Cleveland at home and are only a one-point favorite, is there any team that you think will be – they'll be a favorite at for the rest of the year? I went down the list. There isn't one. November they 1st. play Arizona, who's going to be equally as awful, but they play them in Arizona. So you're probably going to see a two- or three-point spread for Arizona just because of the home. And the only other option, possible option, is now the 49ers because of exactly. Garoppolo and McKinnon. Exactly. And that's, and that's it, right? And, yeah. and Jason and, 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 and so I are at that game. Yeah, and and, and so you you know the Raiders have now found themselves in a situation where they're begging to find a win, and that's I, I don't say that to to slight the team. You know, I know every uh, there's a lot of Raider fans that 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 we all know. <laughs> I say it to say that they're in a situation that is a little bit more dire than they expected. I think everyone expected six seven you know, wins, yes. possibly get to eight. And, and I'm looking down their list and finding, you know, one, two, three max games um, that they have a chance at winning. I, I would pick them right now. If you ask me, I'd pick Cleveland over them, given what I saw from Cleveland. Uh, oh, that makes week. one of us. That makes um, one of us. Okay. <laughs> I would, yeah, I would, I would probably, I don't know what they're going to, what the 49ers are going to look like. So I'm not going to speculate on that game. And I'd pick Arizona over them. So I don't know where they're going to get their win. I also didn't know where Buffalo was going to get the win, and it was at my team's expense. So these things <laughs> can happen. Yeah, you sound a little bitter there, but that's all right. You know, Not bitter. Problem, Not bitter. The problem with the Raiders is they're, the, if, you, if you look at the Raider games, they look good in the first quarter and first half because those, scripted, those first 20 plays that are scripted, they look good. The problem is, and I know this because I've bet against them in the second half of every game this year, they're – Gruden cannot make adjustments come halftime. This team is poorly coached after the halftime. Just please watch them the next time. You can, you can just 
You can just you can say just poorly it. coached. They're, no, yeah, they're, can, poorly co- they're poorly coached. I mean, and, and put and, together, you have a bunch of, of older players who aren't going to be able to to play a full game at the top level. Um, and that is Gruden and the, and the, the, the front office's fault. And then they have a coach who has to get used to coaching. It's been a very well, long time. Right. And so the problems point back to Gruden is what I was trying to say because it's not the front office because there's a there's a power mm-hmm. struggle right now within the Raiders between the front office and Gruden. Gruden has all the power. Wait a minute. Reggie McKenzie is just GM by name. It's Gruden making all those decisions. If Gruden wanted Khalil Mack, he would still be on the team. Gruden didn't want him, so he's out. So the problem stems around Gruden. I think he has too much power, if you ask me, and I, that's part of the downfall of this season. So I, I think I'm, that's a lot of speculation. I I think I don't. I actually don't think that it's Gruden's fault that they don't have Khalil Mack. I think it's their pocketbooks. Uh, it is seemingly well known at this point that the Raiders are the poorest cash poor uh, team in the league. They don't have the money to pay Khalil Mack the kind of money he wants to make until they get a new stadium. They're losing money constantly, um, and the Davis family doesn't have it to, to bankroll uh, every the team, team until, they get to, until Vegas. Every team has the same salary cap, and Khalil Mack wanted – Having a salary cap does not mean you have the cash to pay him. That's just how much the you extension, can pay The extension that Khalil Mack wanted doesn't go into effect until next year. So this You've year, got to pay the signing They could have paid him. They could have paid him this year and paid him the signing bonus next year when they moved to Vegas. There's no. ways around that. There's, uh, they they Jason, could afford them if they wanted them. Jason, a signing bonus is at signing. They could not have paid it next year. They could have worked something out. They didn't have to pay a signing bonus next year. They could have paid it next year because his salary is already guaranteed for this year. So this extension doesn't kick in until next year. So it's just like he gets paid the money. Right. And and, and the other thing they would still ignore is they're still not in Vegas. They have not made money from Vegas when they get the first year that they're there. Having waiting for the extension to kick in, they don't have the money. Everybody they, seems to know this. I I I know they're the they're the poorest team in the league, but if they wanted to keep Khalil Mack, they could have kept Khalil Mack. What's the point? That's what I know for a fact. I know that for a fact. They could have kept Khalil Mack. Gruden was not enthused. That's why Gruden <laughs> facts include in- information that come from places other than your imagination. No, it's already been noted out there. You can look on it. Gruden and the Raiders did not keep in contact from February all the way to the season with Khalil Mack and his agents, unlike uh, the Rams did with uh, they never had they any were, intention of paying him. They were in constant communication. They never exactly. They never. They never had any. They never had any intention to pay him because they never thought he would get that kind of money from anybody. And the Bears okay. pulling up the money. That's the backstory. All Peter right. Schrager's already said it. Well, well, we got other topics, and I didn't know that this said. was going to be an NFL show that I regret. I didn't know this was going here. <laughs> it's, it's already been a tough, a tough enough season for me anyway. Thanks. I was trying not to drink tonight, so appreciate y'all. Uh, so let's go from uh, NFL predictions we regret, cash poor teams, wild decisions. Let's jump to Josh Gordon. You know what I mean? Speaking of, uh, brought back on by the Browns, reports to the team looking in great shape, looking ready to go, steps away again just to kind of get his mind right from what it looks like speculatively. Um, Comes back, the team's not having it, they cut him, and next thing you know, he's with Bill Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. So kind of what are your thoughts on the Josh Gordon situation? You can go first, Jason. Oh, uh, I think it's an act of desperation by New England, if you ask me. Um, 
I mentioned during our first podcast that at that time, New England had made 14 wide receiver transactions. And the reason why is they can't figure out the position. So here's another one. Um, it's one of the main reasons why I predict that they'll lose six or seven games this year. And I'm sick and tired of hearing all these comparisons to Randy Moss. Okay, that's actually insulting to Randy Moss. Okay, Gordon had a decent rookie year in 2012 and a you know very good sophomore year in 2013. But since then, he's done nothing. I know he's had a lot of personal problems, substance abuse problems, suspensions, et cetera. But I also think the reason he has all those problems is because football just isn't that important to him. So I was actually really surprised that New England actually, you know, tried to sign him. Um, I just don't think it's going to work out like a lot of people are, you know, speculating just because he's with Tom Brady. I mean, because Chad, jo- Chad Johnson or Ocho Cinco, whatever he was going by at that time, was with Tom Brady. And he couldn't even learn the playbook to get on the field. So that's my thought. I just think it's an act of desperation by New England. Uh, okay. So I don't think it's an act of desperation. I actually thought it was a, a savvy move. You have somebody who's pretty much in the last year or two of his career, um, and the end of a dynasty and you want to give it one last run, you, you pull out the stops. Um, and so that's what they did. They traded for somebody who could make big plays, uh, not necessarily comparing his career to Randy Moss, but his playmaking ability, um, over the course of a single season is that of a Randy Moss where you can stretch the field, um, which is something that they desperately need. They have a lot of possession receivers. They have Gronk, but sending Gronk on fly patterns, you know, you can time that with a sundial. So you need somebody who can <laughs> get up the field um, in a hurry and stretch the field, and Josh Gordon does that if he can get, get right. I mean, look, the whole reason that he eventually got cut was because he got hurt while doing some promo work for mm-hmm. a clothing line for someone he knew. So yep. assuming he's healthy, um, then, you know, this is a great trade. Not to mention, it didn't cost him anything. Yeah. Um, you know, the one thing that New England has is uh, oodles and oodles of, of, of mid-round draft picks in the, the, the three to seven range. So, you know, they don't, there's no real need for, uh, for all those picks. And, and what you use those picks for is to accumulate high – you know, high possibility players. Um, and, and that's what they did, right? I mean, you're going to tell me that they're going to get somebody in the fifth to seventh round that's going to be an equal playmaker in the next two years to a Josh Gordon? Not going to happen. Mm. Um, so they took their opportunity. Everybody knows the wheels are falling off in, in the Patriots. The story came out about Gronk getting, uh, almost getting traded to Detroit and basically saying, I'm not going anywhere, I'll just retire. Um, you know, the, now there's the excerpts from books that talking about how Brady was thinking about retired because he was just done with Belichick and didn't want anything to do with them. So they've got one, maybe two years. I respect the move. Um, I don't know what the, what Cleveland was thinking uh, in getting letting him go, but it all may work out. It'll be interesting along that same line to see where Des ends up. Uh, word is is that Cleveland has no interest in him right now, uh, but Smart. I imagine. If they, uh, if they, if they, if they struggle in, in uh, Oakland next week and they, they realize that Mayfield's their quarterback and they need to give them some targets, that might change. But uh, anyway, I think we're, you and I are basically on the same page there, except for, um, except for I, I actually think it was a, a smart move. I don't think it was desperate. I think it was just a, a good way to use a fifth-round draft pick. Fifth, yeah. Uh, the guy hasn't done anything since 2013. I, I just don't Neither. see it. Have most fifth round draft picks. <laughs> That's true too. That's true too. Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. That's fair. 
actually moving along pretty quick on this one um okay so you know we, we got through there we've talked about jimmy butler talked about some nfl productions we regret uh to josh gordon let's talk about some nfl teams that have gotten worse so you know give me a couple of teams maybe three teams you both think have gotten worse either over the course of the season or completely dropped off from last season just uh you know kind of what are your thoughts on some teams that have severely digressed all right, so let, let me go first on this one. Yeah. Um, so teams that are worse than I thought. Uh, I obviously got to go back to the Raiders. Um, they're just awful. Uh, oh, stop beating up Glenn. Stop beating them it's, up. Has, like I said, I have nothing I have nothing but love for Raider fans. It has nothing to do with that. I feel their pain. I mean, um, yeah, they're just awful. They're, they're at negative 29 and on, um, on the point differential which you know means that they're not only losing, but they're losing big. Um, Houston, as we talked about, they're, they're, they're a lot worse than I thought. Uh, um, that's for obvious reasons, and Deshaun Watson not coming back. Um, Buffalo, we kind of knew was horrible, and I still think they are horrible. Obviously, they showed signs of life because the Vikings decided not to show up. But that's the Vikings' fault, not Buffalo. But even then, they're still at uh, what negative 46 on the point differential. So they're just getting housed most weeks. Um, and, and then the Vikings, uh, you know, the Vikings right now could very, very easily lose three straight games, having lost a game that they absolutely needed to win against Buffalo, going on a short week and playing the Rams at home, um, who is looking every bit like they're as good as they were supposed to be. Um, and then they go to Philly to play the, 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 the defending Super Bowl champs. So, you know, they could very, very well be – uh, one four in, in uh, one three and one in, in a few weeks and have three straight losses. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm not going to beat up the Raiders, Glenn. I won't do it. But uh, I've already talked Appreciate about Houston. It. So the two teams, the two teams I'm going to pick are both in the NFC. Number one, it's those Dallas Cowboys. I mean, this team is going to have problem scoring all season. Uh, right now they average thirteen point six game and they haven't went over 20 points in the game so far this season and i don't know if you guys know this but dak prescott is averaging 145 yards passing that. Per passing game. yeah that is terrible i feel sorry for anybody that has a cowboy receiver on their fantasy team i mean but not who will first of all who which which cowboy receiver would you ever have on your fantasy team Hearns? well let, well the leading receiver is cole beasley but through three yeah. games he only has 132 people, yards people did okay. draft him that's the cold part people did draft those people drafted and they him might be good. and Got, yeah, and, and, but, it. yeah, it's just bad. And and and, and then the yes, second leader awful. receiver, the the second leader receiver in yards wise is somebody named Deontay Thompson. I think he was the coach of an AAU team that I uh, uh, refereed last weekend. So <laughs> that that's bad. And and so towards the middle of the season, don't be surprised if you hear people talk about Jason Garrett being on the hot seat because this is definitely not a playoff team, and they're just going to have trouble offensively all year. Uh, the second team, I'm not going to elaborate on. Because we knew they were not going to be good, but I didn't know they'll be this bad. And that's the Arizona Cardinals. They're only averaging six point <laughs> seven points a game. So I, that's pretty much all I need to say about them. They're, well, but they just put the, uh, Rosen in, and Rosen kind of had a spark. Do you think that having by putting in the rookie, they might turn score ten around? points a game? Score ten points a game? Yeah, whatever it is. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I would like. I would. I, I want to see Josh Rosen playing in the folks. I did like him uh, at UCLA. Because the Sam Bradford, well, he was named the starter. Didn't work. Oh, okay, yeah. I didn't know that. Okay, that's good. Yeah, because yeah, the Sam Bradford experience, experience, uh, 
Either way. Experiment, yeah, didn't work. So that's $20 million that uh, they just lost out on right there. Yeah, so those are the two teams. Got you. Okay. Well, I, I wholeheartedly agree with you on on Dallas. They, they don't still have any talent. Uh, you know, what didn't leave is is just not there. And and Arizona, I think they have talent, and I think if, if Rosen might actually be able to make something of that. Um, you know, Sam Bradford's style, where he uh, checks you know checks a lot of passes down and, and plays it safe doesn't work uh, in that type of an atmosphere or in that type of an offense. It worked better in a more conservative Good. offense when you had a great defense like the Vikings did. Um, so, you know, it, obviously that hasn't worked. And so it'll be interesting to see what happens with Rosen. You and I both mentioned on um, the last podcast that we thought uh, Rosen had a lot of upside, but a little bit of immaturity issues. And so we'll see how he does. You said check it down. Were you talking about Alex Smith or are you talking about Sam Bradford? I was talking about Sam Bradford. I wasn't talking about. I wasn't talking about. I say I wasn't talking about the guy who's third in the league on pass a yard per attempt. But you know, oh, okay. that's okay. All right. Yeah, those, those All right. Redskins look all right. Yeah, that's, kinda, that's actually kind of a good segue. I mean, this is something off the cuff a little bit, but we went to teams you thought was worse. But what's a team that's better than you guys thought? I can start with this one. That's the Kansas City Chiefs. And that's mainly because of Pat Mahomes. Um, he's throwing the touchdown pass to eight different receivers this year, and he's slinging the ball all over the field. I probably should say slinging instead of slinging. But, yeah, he's all over the field. He's cool, it's, man. it's pretty easy to see why Andy Reid gave Alex Smith his walking papers because Mahomes is making throws that just Alex Smith just would not make or can't make. Um, he's not checking down on third down the running backs. Mahomes is trying to get – is trying to convert third downs when it's third and 12, third and 13, so the punter doesn't have to come on the field, whereas, you know, Alex Smith will check it down, play it safe, and then you have to play good defense. Yeah, and the way KC's defense is this year, they're going to have to score points because yeah. KC's defense is very suspect, and they're going to have to win shootouts this year. And uh, Mahomes is the guy you want to have if you need to win shootouts. So to me, it's the Kansas City Chiefs. That's my surprise team. Uh, they're at the top of my list as well. They look awesome on offense. Uh, as you mentioned, their defense is still suspect. They're at a point tw uh, plus 26 point differential. Um, and to me, you know, when you have to score as many points as they're scoring to get to a plus 26, uh, you're susceptible to really, really bad weeks, right? Because the defense is always going to be as bad as it is. And the offense has to be outstanding in order to keep up and excel but that said they have so much talent on the team hill is just a monster um you know hunt is doing what he needs to do and mahomes is is looks like a, a very very dynamic uh uh quarterback for years to come there's another team though that i think is also a big surprise uh and that's baltimore they're hmm. at a plus 46 on point mm -hmm. differential they lead the league in uh in point differential um, I think and, Buffalo helped with that, actually. But, yeah, you're right. Um, they did help. Well, a lot of teams helped. But the, the offense looks pretty good. The defense um, isn't exactly rounding the form. Uh, and, and they're, they're not awesome. If you, if you try to name all the fantasy viable players on a, on a Baltimore offense right now, yeah. you're not going to get a huge list. And it's damn sure right. Alex Collins after right. most people are kicking themselves for their third round picks, not me. I didn't, I avoided them like the plague because I knew that was going to happen. But, mm. uh, <laughs> but, uh, but Baltimore is certainly better than I thought. Cause I, I really didn't think much of them. So it's Kansas city and Baltimore. Okay. I, I think I have another surprise team too. I think they're going to 
probably regress to their old ways. But that's the Miami Dolphins. Um, I know they got rid of, you know, and Dominican Sue, all the problem people, Landry, Jay guys who were causing problems in the locker room, didn't get along with the coach whatsoever. They're trying to this new approach to get all these locker room guys, whatever. And it looks like so far uh, it's working. Uh, they're averaging 25 points a game. Now, I don't like Ryan Tannehill because he's a big guy who doesn't have really a strong arm. And, you know, to me, he's the equivalent to Jay Cutler, if you ask me. I think Jay Cutler and him, I don't think it's really a big difference. Um, they might regress later in the season, but for them to start off three, you know, is actually good for Adam Gase and uh, good for the Miami Dolphins. And they also have a two-game lead on everybody else in the division because New England, Buffalo, and the Jets are, are all one and two. So I would say Miami right. is a surprise team as well. I'm going to push back a little bit on this one. Here are the three teams that the Miami Dolphins have beat. Here we go again. The Raiders, the Jets, <laughs> the Jets, and the Titans. Okay. Yeah. They are, as if we use our rankings, both of our yeah. rankings at the beginning yeah. of the season, we had all three of those teams amongst the bottom five teams in the league. Yes. And that's their three wins. Yeah, and now, we gave the game. I'm goal. not – I'm. I'm not bad at your match or pushback, but here's the thing. Miami Dolphins, usually they will lose one of those games, sometimes two. So the fact they're 3-0 is an accomplishment for them. Like let, I them said, stay, I, let them stay in the game with the Patriots, Bengals, Bears. That's why, um, and, that's and why then, I said. And then I'll validate them. <laughs> right, but that's why I said. They most likely will regress as the season goes on because that's what they do. But as of right now, them being 3-0 and and being in first place by two games is good for them. In this spot, I'm, so they are what we think they are. They just yes. haven't shown, they haven't had an opportunity to show it yet. <laughs> I've been, I've been impressed by yeah. them. Uh, any, and I mean, we're just kind of, we got a little time here. It's three cousins, is what we do. We talk about sports all day. I'm just kind of throwing some stuff out there. We, we had talked about some topics. I'm throwing a couple <laughs> new ones out there because they're coming to me. But what about a player in the NFL who's kind of surprised you? Because if I had to say that, definitely Adrian Peterson. All day is looking yep. like all day of yep. old. So, I mean, you know, Mahomes has looked great. We didn't, we didn't necessarily expect that. I think a lot of players are doing what we thought they would. Um, I like what Calvin Ridley did last last week or this week. So, I'm just wondering, is there anyone else who's kind of standing out to you that in the games you're saying, man, this dude is, is really out here putting in work? Go for it, Jason. Uh, I like Calvin Ridley. Uh, I know I drafted him in a couple of fantasy leagues. Um, I liked him in Alabama. I thought he went to the right team in Atlanta. Now, of course, I kicked myself the first week because he really didn't do anything. But the last couple of weeks, he's been catching touchdown passes, which is what I thought he would do. With having Julio Jones on that team, I believe, helps uh, helps out Calvin Ridley a lot because he'll see a lot of one-on-one coverage. So um, I kind of expect him to do it, like I said. But, you know, that first week, uh, it was a little shaky. But my player will be Calvin Ridley. Um, well, I'm going to steal Adrian Peterson because I said it at the beginning of the season. I told a lot of people – and made a lot of bets, and I'm coming to collect. So all you people <laughs> listening to this know that I'm coming for my money. Because everybody wanted to tell me how I was trying to be a homer because he was an ex-Viking. And I said, wait a minute. When do play people root for ex-players? Right. Um, I'm rooting for Kyle Mack. But uh, 120 <laughs> yards and two touchdowns against Green Bay. Beast. Um, 96 yards and one touchdown against Arizona. Uh, he did not get a lot of opportunities in a blowout uh, in Indianapolis. So he only had 11 carries and, uh, and 20 yards there. But like I said, they, they got behind early. And, and so they, they started going to the air late and they couldn't get anything going. That said, 
it's just fun to watch him when he when he hits the hole the way he used to Man. hard. He's mm-hmm. a one cut uphill runner. Even when he isn't the dynamic superstar that he was before, he is fun to watch. Yep. He goes and he just he finds somebody in the secondary. <clears throat> and if you're a your cornerback trying to tackle him, most players try to juke and all that. He just lowers his shoulder and runs right through him and yeah. says, I'll just take – you'll take the pain and I'll take three more yards. Yeah. And that's that. And I love watching it. I completely agree with you, by the way, on Ridley. Um, he was one of those rookies that I thought had a really, really great opportunity to get a lot of uh, – a, a huge benefit from being on the opposite side of the best wide receiver in the game right now, Julio Jones. Um, and then – you know, so I'm, I'm impressed by both of those guys. Uh, uh, the other one that obviously shocked me, we are talking about him a little while ago, is Mahomes. Yeah. I, I thought Mahomes might be decent. Yeah. Um, he is a hell of a lot better than decent. Yeah, he's decent. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and, and not only when you when you watch him, he he looks like he knows what he's doing. He looks yeah, like he looks the game. The yeah. yeah, he looks like he's playing the game at a pace, and the game isn't going too fast for him. Right. And I'll add one more in there because this is kind of me going back on what I said last week. Um, Baker Mayfield looked like he knew what he was doing in that game. That spiral he throws is beautiful. Uh, I was not a fan of him at all in college. I thought he was a loudmouth uh, who was too short and, and not and not you know not good enough to play the game uh, at the NFL level in a very very small sampling. Uh, he he really didn't look like the game was over his head. Uh, we'll see what happens next week. I think it helped when he came into the game that kept going up tempo because when I was at the bar watching that game drinking before our referee, <laughs> yeah, I said it. Uh, <laughs> When he came in the game, I said, I hope they go up-tempo because that's what he's used to doing in Oklahoma, going up-tempo, you know, throwing to the middle, throwing to the right of the field because he was two for six throwing to the left side of the field because that's not really his specialty. He likes throwing to the middle and to his right, which is what he did. And I think it was maybe 15 out of 17 or something doing that during the game. But uh, they went up-tempo and they were scoring points. And you could see the energy, the players. It was was, The the players were, I guess, playing with more passion, a little more energy. When Tyrod was in the game, it was like, ah. You know, blase, blase. But when Baker Mayfield came in there, it was the energy in the crowd, energy with the players. And so, um, thankfully, they covered the spread for me and uh, won the game. <laughs> yeah, we'll actually uh, so, be at that game Sunday, uh, next Sunday, Raiders and Browns going out there with the family. Okay. So I'll be able to tell you uh, firsthand when we, when we record that, that next one. Well, I like Cleveland's um, defense, too, though. I do like their defense. Offense, I'm not really a fan of, but I do like their defense. They had some high defensive picks in the last few years, man. I've been thinking, yeah. you add all them guys they have in that on the defense, if they all become yep. good at the same time, they could be a problem. Yep. So, I'm surprised, Jason, that you didn't say this. So, I'm going to say it for you. Here, Go going from fifth to first, are the top running backs so far in yardage this year. And tell me which one of these doesn't fit, okay? Adrian mm-hmm. Peterson. Mm-hmm. With 236 yards. Todd Gurley at 255 yards. Christian McCaffrey, which is a little bit of a surprise, but still expected to have a big year at 271. Yep. Ezekiel yep. Elliott at two, 274. And Matt Breda at 274 yards leads the NFL in rushing through three weeks. I didn't know that. I'm going to go with a saying that that was probably a little bit better than most of us expected, considering that he was the third guy on the, the running back chart behind McKinnon cool. and Morris. No, he wasn't. No, no, no. 
McKinnon got hurt. That's why they signed Morris. Morris was never an option. Uh, Breida was the second they guy. They brought Morris in to be year. the one, and he was listed as number one on the depth chart. Come no, one. no, no. They listed him as number one on depth chart, but Breida was the starter. Nobody was buying that at all, that Morris was coming and being the starter. You can look at the well, carries and everything. You can say, look, you can say that you thought that he was going to do this all you want. They would not have signed Morris if they thought Breda was going to be the number one rusher through three weeks. No, 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 no. I didn't think Breda would be the number one rusher. They signed Morris because, well, first of all, they signed Morris for a couple reasons. But um, the number one reason is to back up Breda. He's not the starter. Breda gets more carries than Morris. He's not That's the starter. That's because he's playing better. Who? But Breda, he's playing great. Uh, yeah, he's playing pretty. He's playing pretty good. I mean, he's, he's just, leading he's the NFL in rushing. He's what, a speed. what do they have to do? <laughs> what does the guy have to do to get you to, to, to give him a little props, man? He, he he is a speed back. He doesn't run between the tackles like too well. When he breaks outside, that's how he's getting most of his yards. We need Alfred Morris to get those tough yards, goal line carries, and stuff he, like that. Breed your whole team's gonna suck, man. I always enjoy the fact that Matt Breda <laughs> looks pretty good. Uh, I like Breda. He's but averaging. What was he averaging nine yards a carry in the last game? That's pretty good. Yeah, well, I'm saying I think he's going to get hurt because that's what he does. So he gets hurt. But, uh, we know, we'll see. But I'm happy for him. I like the guy. I don't think he's a, a bell cow, but neither I think Alpha Morris is either. But the reason why Alpha Morris is on the team is not to supplant Breida. He was never the starter. It's to get those tough yards, those inside yards that Breida can't get. So but I like I like Morris as well, the way he's been playing. I'm actually surprised Ezekiel <clears throat> Elliott's on there. I haven't heard his name called at all this year. Well, that's because he doesn't score any touchdowns, right? Yeah. Got it. Well, the whole team doesn't. <laughs> yeah. Christian McCaffrey is, is – I think a lot of people expected him to have a big year, and he's getting plenty of opportunities in Carolina. Yeah. Um, yeah. Obviously, uh, Gurley and Adrian Peterson are, are not no big shock. If there's another one out there. You know, Carlos Hyde is, is seventh at 203 yards. He's getting uh, a lot Phil, of carries. Yeah, yeah. Philip Lindsay at 198. You know, yeah, it, it, what's – I guess – it, what I yeah, there's and there's a lot of but there's a lot of guys out there that that are surprised. I, I, you know, on the flip side of that, you know, seeing Alvin Kamara almost outside of the top twenty-five in running backs uh, this year so far is is pretty impressive, pretty surprising. Have you seen New Orleans this year? New Orleans is uh, they have problems defensively as well. They're averaging thirty-five points a game and giving up thirty-four. So Damn. that's a shoot. That's a shootout team if there ever was one right there. Uh, like so I'm years. happy Bridgewater is there. Yeah, but I mean it's like really bad now. Yeah. Uh, I'm happy that Bridgewater is there though. Um, I think if when Breeze retires, if Bridgewater can you know take over that offense, I mean that's a conversation for another day. But um, I'm, I think Bridgewater's in a, in a good spot right now behind Breeze to take over when uh, Breeze finally you know moves on. But um, that defense is bad for New for New Orleans, really bad. <clears throat> cool. Okay, got you. All right, I appreciate that, guys. So it was kind of off the cuff, just. You know, seeing your thoughts on a couple of things I was kind of curious about. Uh, so kind of switching to, you know, the Hall of Fame. Um, Eric Dickerson recently came out saying that he's pretty much kind of leading the charge for retired players, or excuse me, uh, more so for Hall of Fame members to receive. Um, I, and I correct me if I'm incorrect on this, but medical care for life, as well as a portion of NFL revenue or profits. Um, right. So basically yeah, three. saying, you know, they, they bring money to the league as ambassadors to the league, as Hall of Fame Hall of Fame players, excuse me, and they should reap a little bit of benefit, at least not be in pain, have medical care, and possibly a little sliver of that of that thirteen billion. Yeah. So, and, yeah. and don't forget that he wants Yeah. 
Well, let me get, I, I want, Jason should go first, but I want to make one point of clarification. He is not saying that Hall of Fame players should be the only ones that reap the benefit of lifetime and the, the thing. What he is saying is that the Hall of Fame players are the ones pushing for this. Got it. And, okay. Thank you. Um, so he's, they're, they're the ones that he says are leading the charge. But the, the benefit he wants to be conferred to all NFL players. But beyond that, okay. Jason, go ahead and tell us what you think. Okay, well, let's let's start off. First, he initially did not say that. He said just Hall of Famers, and then Hall of Famers. I'm reading his letter, man. Right. <laughs> he said he he said Hall of Famers should get three hundred thousand dollars a year a year, and it, it was just for Hall of Famers. He recently came that is out. That's not and what said, he said. He recently came out and said, "No, no, we're just leading the charge now. We want everybody to get it." But the thing is, I really don't blame Eric Dickinson for this money grab he's doing. This piggybacking off of Colin Kaepernick and Terrell Owens Hall of Fame, um, you know, boycott. He's just piggybacking off that to try to get money from the league. I don't blame him. I blame Demore Smith, the head of the NFLPA, because if there was strong leadership uh, with the PA, there wouldn't be uh, guys like Eric Dixon just blurting out stuff and other guys saying I'm with them and other guys saying I'm not with them. And you know, there's so much division between NFL players that people are just not, are not talking about. They want people say they want to be like the NBA. They want to be like the Major League Baseball. But Major League Baseball players are all on the same page. And so is the NBA. And plus, the NBA players are fighting for the for things like, you know, guaranteed contracts and more money for players, while the NFL players are fighting for stuff like the right to kneel during the national anthem, when they, they which is actually stupid to me. They should be fighting for things like guaranteed contracts, expanded rosters, lifetime medical, dental and whatever benefits for players that are playing now, players and players that used to play in including the Hall of Famers. They should be fighting for things that actually help the entire whole. Eric Dickinson demanding stuff from the NFL or saying we're going to boycott. You just not said the that they should be fighting for better health care and <clears throat> right. pension, and right. then you say you don't agree with Eric Dickerson, who's saying that they should have that thing. No, I don't agree with Derek Dickinson that they should get like a yearly salary and all sort of type of stuff. The benefits I'm fine with, but like I said, I don't blame Eric Dickinson. He should be going through the NFL PA person, Demore Smith, to, uh, you know, for his demands or whatever. And then Demore Smith should talk this over with the league, which is not happening. So Eric Dickinson's doing his own thing. I don't know what Demore Smith's position is on all of this stuff. So to me, it's a, and it just sounds like a money grab to me because Eric Dickinson did say he wanted some money, just like all the. <laughs> The Hall of Famers should get some money. So uh, I'm sorry, it's just a money grab. I mean, he's just piggybacking off of Terrell Owens and Colin Kaepernick, if you ask me. So mm. that's how I feel. This is going to be a, All a right. fun retort. So first, I guess half of the stuff you just said is was was not actually accurate. Eric yes. Dickerson wrote a letter. It started with a tweet, a tweet that I'm staring at right now, which was him posting the letter that he had sent to. Um, the um, saying that he wanted this for all of them, and that was the NFL player, NFL Hall of Fame board that was leading the charge. And you and I have mentioned and talked about in the past how uh, Kurt Warner and Jerry Rice immediately came out and said, "Hey, we're not part of that board, um, and and not necessarily on the same page as as uh, Eric Dickerson." But all of that aside, because I think talking about how the issue got brought up takes away from the issue itself. Um, Ex-players are not part of the union anymore. I think that's important. So Demora Smith is not a representative of Eric Dickerson and all the rest of these Hall of Fame players. Mm, um, so they don't owe him the, uh, the gratitude 
to go and talk to him about what they want and what they're going to do. And Demora Smith does not necessarily represent them because he represents the players that are here now. They should want those things for their future, but unfortunately, athletes are a little short-sighted. All of that aside, here's the thing. Um, NFL players, absolutely, more than probably any other sport in the league, um, should have lifetime medical. Uh, it's a crazy sport, lots of injuries, the impact of which, if you've ever seen Earl Campbell walk or whatever you want to call what he's doing as he goes out in the field uh, when they're celebrating him, and it, it is just sad. Uh, those players have put it on the line. They've done it for several years. Um, once they get to the point where they've earned their pension, they should have absolutely earned um, lifetime medical that I think you and I both wholeheartedly agree with. And it's quite a, it's really just a shame that they don't have it on the money portion of it. Most large organizations have a pension that is somewhat dependent on profit. Eric Dickerson, I think worded it horribly, but I think what he is going for makes a lot of sense. The pension of the players should have something to do with the product. And that is true with any other organization that builds a product similar to that. So if they were to say XYZ percent of revenue goes into the pension plan paid out to the players as they retire and it goes up or goes down as the NFL does better and or worse, that makes a whole lot of sense to me. And that's not greedy. They're not saying that, well, I don't know. We'd have to talk to Eric Dickerson and make sure that this is what he's saying. But what I'm reading is that that's really what they're trying to go for. And, and, and Eric Dickerson is just not the most astute. He's a running back, not an accountant. Um, I, I just think that's the right thing to do. I, I think that that's, that's, a, that's a good way to make sure that NFL players get what they deserve going forward. That doesn't make them millionaires. You know, that doesn't make them, doesn't, that might take the pension from, what is it, 300000 a year to uh, 350, 400000 you know, they have a, a new uh, uh, deal with the, with the TV. Maybe it gets to 500000 and over the next five or ten years, um, whatever it happens to be. It's, it's not going to become they're going to get million-dollar checks. They're going to get their standard pension, which I believe is between is, – is in the hundreds of thousands, but I don't know the exact number. The last time I saw the number was because O.J. Simpson, um, his pension can't be touched. So they're always talking about his, his income based off of that. Um, so I do think that it, it would be good to format it in some kind of way that it's profit sharing that goes into the pension for all the players, not and if not Hall of Famers, anyone who's ever put on a uniform and gotten to the point where they've, they've bought into the pension plan. Uh, there's a lot of people, I'm not saying you, Jason, uh, there's a lot of people who think that uh, NFL players are somehow supposed to become smart and start learning how to invest their money. Um, it's just an unfair request for given what these athletes um, have been told to do their entire lives. They, they're not going to you know, all graduate from the athletic Harvard Business School that just recently opened. Those who have have done very well, but you know, there's, there's not going to be enough room for all of them. Um, so anyways, uh, I, I think... At the message, 
Eric Dickerson, take him out of the equation for me. The message that he's trying to deliver or what he's looking for, I think, are both great things that can be done thoughtfully and and, and really could be a great service for, mm. for people who've played in the NFL. Okay. Now, you said what I said wasn't factually correct because you're just reading his letter. I didn't mm-hmm. read any letter. I heard what Eric Dixon said on his in the, out of his mouth. And like I said, yesterday he was being Quote questioned him. on Fox about things that, you know, he said in this letter and things he has said publicly about, you know, this whole situation. And he said $300,000 when he was questioned on that, he retracted, backtracked, backpedaled and said, well, it doesn't have to be $300,000. It could just be some number. I just feel that all the Hall of Famers should get something. That's what he was saying. His whole thing at first was Hall of Famers. And then he said, you're reading a letter. I'm just talking about what he said. He said, well, eventually we want to roll it out to all players, but the Hall of Famers is the one is to start this because nobody knows who, you know, Joe Blow player is, but they know who Eric Dickerson is and all the other Hall of Fame players. So we'll be the one to lead this. That came out of his mouth. I don't know what he said in his letter, but that's what he said out of his mouth. And then he said that he got questioned on when he said the NFL has been getting away with 100 years of exploitation, which is a comment I definitely have offense to because Eric Dickerson, the reason why Eric Dickerson is Eric Dickerson is because of football. So I'm tired of people trying to act like football is just this big, bad, ugly corporation, entity, whatever. And yeah. that, it just, it just it does nothing but you know bad things for people. Where wait, I wait don't a minute, wait it, a minute, Jason, Jason. But what you're saying is because the NFL is successful, they don't they can't be blamed for exploiting players? No, Almost no, no. Every that's successful not what business in the history of time has exploited people. That's not what I'm saying. The reason Eric Dickerson has the life he has is because of football. It's a use-use relationship. Maybe they used you oh, more, but wait. you still use them. So let me give you another example. 3M, you've probably heard of them. They make yep. pretty much all the scotch tape. The man who made Post-it Clue, you've probably heard this story a thousand times, right? The man who made Post-it Clue was trying to develop the next super glue. He developed a whole bunch of them. This one worked the worst. He throws it away. Someone says, oh, what is that thing good for? He was like, oh, I use it to stick pieces of paper to my wall because that's, that's how bad it is. They make Post-its. Company makes billions. The guy got a, uh, a new Corvette. And a, I think it was like a $15,000 bonus. I'm not exactly sure the number, but mm-hmm. he, got his, he got his new Corvette. He has customized plates. He is the guy who made the 3M Post-it note popular. Mm-hmm. He is that because of 3M. If you tell me that that man wasn't exploited when that company made billions of dollars and he got 15 grand in a Corvette, uh, you know, we're just talking about two different things. The NFL has absolutely exploited their players. You know, right now, the NFL players are playing under a hard salary cap. They have a certain amount of money that each of them can possibly make. Meanwhile, Goodell, who has never had to put on pads or do anything else, gets $40 million a year. And he should. Just like, See, just like, Nick, just like Nick Saban should get all the money he makes at Alabama. Was it 7 or $10 million? He's, worth, he's well, actually underpaid at Alabama. But, but yeah. I'll, should get paid $40 million. There's no way I'm convincing you of anything and you're convincing me of anything because what you just said was insanity. So I'll just let the world world listen to what you said and what I right. said and go, and go on with from there. Right. Um, you don't think Nick Saban is worth the money he's making? You know how much money he's brought to Alabama I since think he's the been players, there? I think the players who are playing for Nick Saban deserve really? a little bit of it too. Really? Really? What was, what was Alabama before Nick Saban got there? Well, doesn't matter. It up. Yes, it does matter. Well, if, there's, if Nick Saban takes the field with no players, what are they? 
Nick Saban doesn't take the field with no players. That's why he's Nick Saban. <laughs> you're missing the right. All right, so, so point. Kind of no, the... you're missing the. Hold you're on, missing on, the on. point. If so, Nick so, Saban leaves, uh, you still want to play those players. They're not going to be as good. But circling back Nick to the to the Hall of Fame, so you're you're saying that I mean, from what I'm gathering, Brian's saying good idea. You know, they should get a piece. Obviously, he's not saying they shouldn't get what Le'Veon Bell's trying to get, but they should get something. <laughs> And Jason, you're saying they should get nope what they have now and just a handshake no, and a goodbye. No, no, what I'm saying is what I'm saying is Eric Dickerson just coming out saying X Y like he was questioned on this. He's coming out saying if we don't get X Y Z, then we're gonna boycott the Hall of Fame. And I just don't think that's the right. Who cares if Eric Dickerson the, boycotts the, the Hall of Fame? Talk about what he's Eric Dickerson about. said. You, the Hall of Famers are going to boycott the Hall of Fame. That came out of his. Mouth. It's not just Who Eric cares? Dixon. That's what I'm trying to tell you. So he said. Talk about. So he's. If he you're talking about one progress, person, I'm talking about no, an issue. No. If he in his Hall of Fame people, he's supposed to be the spearhead. He's the head of this committee. If he wants things in the NFL, I believe that there are other ways that he can go about, you know, doing this, and then maybe having Demore Smith help. I don't know, but I just think making demands in the NFL. If we don't get this, we're doing that. I don't think that's the way to go to get what he's seeking from the NFL. Let me, let me that's my issue. Let me ask you this. So yeah. if Eric Dickerson, as Brian kind of alluded to, he's he's a running back, former player, whatever, not an accountant, maybe not a public speaker. If it wasn't, do you more have an issue with the messenger or the message? Messenger. Clearly, uh, that's what he has. I, I, yeah, yeah, I have an issue with how the messenger sent the message. Yeah, I think it could have been presented differently. Because I understand what he's trying to do, but I just think the way he's asking is just not, it's just not so ideal. You're, so not so you're me. fine. So with you're okay with right? right go we're, back. Saying, we're saying the same thing. You're fine with what they're trying to get. You just don't like who's trying to get it. Well, as far as the benefits and other stuff, yeah, I don't know about that three hundred thousand dollar yearly salary for each Hall of Famer. I don't, I don't, I don't pretty much agree with that. But the other stuff, I'm fine with. Okay. The other so, stuff, yeah, I'm definitely fine with. Yeah. So you got to kind of take Eric Dickerson out of it again. He's. I don't know. He, for whatever reason, he's the reason, the one who's trying to spearhead this and get it started. But I don't know who that is. Yeah. When and I'll, when just, 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 because because Eric Dickerson, just to get just to get Jason's goat a little bit. So everything well, Jason to Eric just said, Dickerson, I completely. Uh-huh. I, wait, let me just finish. So yeah, everything ahead. that Jason just said, I completely agree with. Right. That I really, honestly, do not care about who the messenger was. Eric Dickerson, Jerry Rice, or Terrell Owens, or. Earl Campbell or Jim Brown, they're all on the list. Tony Dorsett, uh, you know, all these folks are on the list. doesn't matter which one of them delivers the message. Eric Dickerson is, is delivering a message. What I will say is benefits, health benefits, absolutely, and yes. Some type of profit sharing, yes. And if Eric Dickerson or whoever else wants to say that Hall of Fame players should get a next-level tier of those benefits, just like the difference between management uh, getting a benefit, a, a, a retirement benefit versus a, a staff getting retirement benefit. I'm probably okay with that too. Doesn't need to be $300,000 a year. But um, like I said, I, I think take Eric Dickerson out, look at the message. All of it's probably pretty good. Yeah, but and this, like I said, this goes back to Moore Smith because this whole healthcare thing, this should have been happened in NFL like years ago. So, I mean, and even though DeMora Smith isn't the player's rep, I guess, for the Hall of Famers, he should have enough power and influence to, you know, work with them and maybe, you know, speak with them on their behalf or whatever to try to get this going. Because, like I said, it's actually a travesty that the NFL doesn't have 
lifetime health care benefits and all this other type of stuff, you know, for, for their players. I mean, that should have happened years ago. Years I agree. Ago. I, I agree with you wholeheartedly on all of that. The one thing I will say is Demora Smith can't do financial planning for the NFL players. And the reason why the NFL players had no leverage during the last lockout and the last negotiation is because every single one of them was flat broke. And so they couldn't hold out long enough to make it matter to the, right. the NFL. And so that's not really on Demora Smith. If Demora Smith back then, right now, what Demora Smith needs to Demora Smith needs to be doing is getting in front of every single one of the teams and all of their players and saying, "I really, really need you guys to start socking this money away yep. because if we're going to get these things that you want, right. we're going to have to be able to stick with it." So that's what yeah. Demora Smith can do now. I don't know that Demora. Smith had the ability. He came right in at the beginning of all that craziness, and the NFL just wasn't. The NFL players were just not prepared. They, well, they, yeah. yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. And then I think Richard Sherman actually alluded to this some time ago, some months ago, saying, you know, we're going to lock out. Guys need to start saving their money. But then you had guys during the last lockout, like uh, Antonio Rogers Cromartie from the Jets, DB, stating that you know they need to hurry up and resolve this lockout because yeah. he has a. Because he had child support payments to pay for his eight right, kids. Because he was so, I mean, you know, Right. So, you know, you got guys like that. The thing is, you know, I, I just think, all, I mean, I'm not saying it might happen, it might not happen. But I just think the NFL owners just have so much leverage over the players because they, they are just, there's so many. It's almost players. like they exploit them. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. No, it just means it just means they have leverage. If you're a backup offensive lineman making $700,000 a year, I think that's a good living. But, but yeah, I, I, you know, well, I hope the players get something. Uh, in the next, uh, you know, collective bargaining agreement, I don't think they all get guaranteed contracts. I don't think that's going to happen. But I do hope that they get, you know, some improvements on on the last one because they they kind of got holes on the last one. Yeah, they did. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, that was a good a good uh, rousing conversation. I like that. Uh, so this last. So thing, we skipped one. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah, I'm on. I'm with you, B. Come on, man. Uh, I did skip one. <laughs> that was on me. Uh, but I thought it'd be a cool way to round it out because we. This okay. is one thing we're all we're all. The one team we're all a fan of, I think, actually, yes. is the Los Angeles Lakers. So what are your thoughts? You're going to hear a lot of clicks. You're going to hear a lot of clicks now on the podcast, but go ahead. Hey, we're, we're near the end, so we're near the end. If you got to click off, click off. Um, you won't hear the winning lotto numbers at the end of this podcast. So, But kind of your your thoughts offseason, you know, there was a, one big acquisition, um, a few other acquisitions that Magic and Palenka made. Uh, today was the media day for the, the NBA. NBA is, I think, 20-some-odd 20 some days away. So we're almost at an opening tip. So kind of just want to get your thoughts on the Lakers, specifically our team, the Los Angeles Lakers, their offseason, and where you kind of think the theme is heading. So, so let me start. Yep. To all the Laker haters out there, I am probably with you more than you realize right now about the Lakers offseason because I did not think it was impressive. Um, LeBron was a given, right? People knew where he was going. Magic didn't have to recruit him. All he had to do was not be named Cubcheck or Bus, and he was going to get LeBron James. Uh, after that, when the real work needed to happen, they have brought in Lance Stevenson, Rondo, JaVale McGee, who are all solid role players and will make a very fine uh, bench mob or mud as he, they got nicknamed today by LeBron. But they're not the difference between the last year's Lakers and LeBron and them and becoming a championship team. 
and they're not the difference between, you know, making the team overwhelmingly exciting. Now, they're going to be great for Twitter, and I'm sure there'll be all types of Lance Stevenson antics, uh, antics that'll make things, you know, go back to the days of, of uh, Meta World Peace, etc. Um, and then you have some other things that went on. The dang move. Um, I am not a fan of that move at all. They got back uh, $7.5 million on the deal, which is cool. But ultimately, all Dang said was, hey, I want to play this year. If you guys don't plan on playing me, then let me go someplace else. And Dang was, Dang's a solid player. Yes, he's not worth $18 million a year. But we didn't need to stretch him at this point in time. We could have played him for the end, most of the season, paid down that $18 million to let's call it, they go up to the trade deadline or the end of the season, actually, is what I would have done. And then you can just cut them and wave them and stretch them at the end of the season. We would have saved a hell of a lot more than $7.5 million. If you give, let them play all the, almost the entire season, that's $18 million off. That's less than, and then you stretch them for the five years. And now you're taking $18 million over five, as opposed to $36 million over five or 29 or 28.5 over five. Instead, so that's a difference of ten million dollars being stretched. So now, when you have competitive teams, hopefully next year and the year after that, you're strapped with an extra what is it, four million dollars a year over the course. Uh, actually, it's five point five million dollars a year over the course of that five uh, five years on your salary cap. So the front office, you know, has not shown that they can do some basic strategy. And how to build a team. Unless they're trying to fool themselves into believing that they're a championship competitor this year. They are not. Um, so the damn move didn't make sense to me. And then the last thing is, is that they just they haven't shown the ability to recruit top players yet. LeBron, I said, was a given. Other players have not shown, you know, Kawhi kind of said his camp, I guess, was saying. He's not so interested in the Lakers with, with LeBron here and um, doesn't need to know today in the thing. He just said he's focusing on this year. Paul George turned us down. Uh, Butler came out. We talked about that earlier, saying he does not really want to play with LeBron. Um, we, there, obviously, we're not going to hear too much of it right now, but there's not a whole lot of top free agents um, that are saying, oh, you know, now that LeBron's there, the Lakers are going to be great. Uh, no one's saying that. They're just kind of like, oh, that's for LeBron. The rest of the league isn't shook. Um, and, and so the front office and what the Lakers did in the offseason was unimpressive to me. I just don't think that they did anything that's like, wow, you know, Magic and, and, and team are, are really making these moves. Um, nothing so far that's impressed me. So, Jason, to you. Uh, I completely disagree, but to a certain extent. I don't think that we were going to be a championship team this year anyway, and I don't believe the Lakers believe that as well. Um, I do like the moves they made. I think part of your frustration is I think because you, you like the Lakers' core players they had last year of Clarkson and no. Randall. Oh, you did? No, I'm talking. No, I love the, I love those guys, and right. I wish we still had them. But well, that see, is I not. Don't. Yeah, but that's fine. But that okay. has nothing to do. It does not color my opinion. I'm talking about strategic moves this summer. The okay. cutting down a year before we needed to because we're not the money on our books does nothing it has right. not hurt us lakers right. have got a hundred million dollar uh tv contract yeah. that money means nothing to them there's no, no reason to cut 
So strategic move there. What they brought in to work with LeBron, those strategic moves. Uh, I love you it. Know, I, why? You can, you can, Rondo's gone I, after this year. I, I, I wouldn't say, I, I'm sorry. I wouldn't say I love it. I say I like it because it's a lot of short-term, one-year deals that keeps us in the market to get the guys like Anthony Davis will be a free agent next year. Maybe get a guy like Klay Thompson because this is going to be the last year that Durant, Curry, uh, Draymond, and uh, who's the other one I'm missing? Curry, Klay uh, Thompson, they all play together. All the four of those guys, somebody's leaving. And I think we have a really good chance of getting Klay Thompson. Clay. Which, which, our team is actually set up to actually for Klay Thompson to be on there because we need him. It would have been shooter. set. So and, completely agree. Wait, let me just ask you a question. Well, you and I are on the same page as them getting Klay Thompson next year or possibly getting someone like a Klay Thompson next year. But why do you like the cunning dang when the difference is $10 million uh, we could have had by no, simply okay. paying him to sit on the bench this year? Okay, okay. I'm not a fan of the dang move, but I've, what I've heard, I heard dang was a bad locker room guy. So maybe that's why they got Who rid cares? of him. Who cares? Yeah, he actually, was just really bad for the locker room. If and, LeBron is – and, and I actually did too. I actually read the opposite. But if LeBron is supposed to be Mr. Kumbaya, which everyone talks about, <laughs> you, you've, you've done something to offset look, that. But well, look, everyone I, said Dang was great. Well, look, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not uh, uh, um, supporting the Dang move. I mean, they, what they did with okay. Dang is what they did. I'm not saying it's a great move. And by the way, I, uh, just so you know, Anthony Davis is not a free agent after this year. He's not. No. Uh, I thought – I thought – He's – he has a – yeah, he, he's got – he's guaranteed he – He's got a contract for this year and next year, and then he has a player option in 2021. Got it. They could trade for him. Wait, wait, wait. No, no, no. Wait, wait. I thought he can opt out at the end of next season. As in the season after this season. Right. After 2020. Two more years. So when the Warriors are playing playing in San Francisco. It's two years. Oh, so it's two years, not one year. Right. Clay, okay, that's Clay my mistake is, then. Yeah, okay, there's, there's okay, five okay, that's guys next year. But yeah, okay, all right, that's that's my mistake. But Clay is definitely a free agent next year. Okay, yes, and Kevin Durant can also opt out as well because he has a player option. Okay, yes. All right, well, have you guys heard that um, Anthony Davis officially signed with Rich Paul in Clutch yeah, Sports? We saw that. Yes. Yeah. Okay. All right. And, but um, and so I do think, by the way, I do think that that there might be a trade that could get him to the Lakers, but I don't think he'll yeah. end up as a free agent. Okay. And, and so, uh, what we're saying. So, yeah, so I like this, the one-year deals. I like the the, um, the Lance Stevenson. I like having, like, tougher guys on the team. I'm not really a fan of our – I guess what we had last year, it just seems like it wasn't a lot of uh, – we need some, like, a tough guy on the team. It's like every team needs to have a crazy guy or a tough guy, like an test, like a Rodman. Every championship team needs to have one, and I just think we didn't have enough of those guys. Draymond – But who do we have? I just think we didn't have a lot of guys who he just thinks, not scared. He thinks Stevenson eh? had some toughness. But he, the reason yeah. he said he liked Stevenson 30 seconds before that was because he's on a one-year contract. Well, no, 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 no. That's not what I'm saying. I like that they signed the guys' one-year contracts, but I also like the guys they brought. I like Rondo. He's, a, he's not scared of anybody. I'm not saying he's great. I'm not saying he's, he's going to be there for three years, but he's not scared of anybody. He's not scared of the Warriors. Lance Stevenson's not scared. Wait, Jason, you know, let me just ask, because here's what, here's what I'm having a hard time understanding. You said that guys like Lance Stevenson are, you need a tough guy in order to be, a, look, yeah, not scared, but you need tough guys like him to be a championship team, okay? I agree with you with, on that, by the way, but Rondo is signed for $9 million. Lance Stevenson is signed for $5 million. One year. They, right. In order to stop. Can I please finish? Yeah, in yeah, order to sign Clay Thompson, 
to make this team that will actually compete with the rest of these team with these other teams, they have to get rid of both of them. So when they're actually competing for that championship, neither so, of those guys are there. Right. Okay, we'll get another guy then. I don't care. It's just for this year, these guys aren't scared to compete. And that's what we need the younger guys on no. the Lakers team to be around. Guys who are not scared to compete. I don't care if they're here or there next year or not. As long so, as we but, got some guys who are not scared to compete. Of course, so, okay, they won't be around. We'll get somebody. So I'm, I'm judging this offseason based on this offseason. And you're basing, you're judging this offseason based on what dreams may come in. In two seasons, if in everything works out. Well, not two seasons, but next year. Yeah, yeah. next year. Right. I know we're not going to – I know the Lakers aren't going to win next year. They know they're not going to win next year. I mean, that's not a surprise. I don't think this team then was why did they to, give an extra $10 million to Luel Deng this year? I have no idea about that. <laughs> okay. I have no idea. Well, Luel Deng. All, all I know is they got a series of one-year guys, JaVale McGee and some other guys on the team. They'll have money to sign guys next year who are free agents, or maybe they could sign and trade for somebody. So that's why I'm okay with the moves. They freed up. They still have money that you spend next year to get somebody. So you and I are talking, player. right? So you and I are basically yeah. well on the same page in a lot of this because I agree that they have put themselves in a position to have a decent offseason next year, but they did not have a decent offseason this year. Okay, but you also said something that Paul, uh, Paul George didn't want to play for the Lakers. How you know yep. the Lakers didn't want Paul George? How because you know that? they well, because one, I saw the video that leaked. They had that they actually got. And then I also saw the article and the quote from Magic Johnson saying he was pissed that Paul George didn't even bother to let them show him that video. And so I also saw the quote from Paul George, who said he basically decided that he wasn't going to even listen to the Lakers. So I saw all three of those things happen. And those are all the yeah. things that, that, that are. So Paul George basically said, nah. Yeah. But did you notice that all that Paul George stuff came out about him not, him not wanting to be with the Lakers? It came out at the exact same time when the Lakers' interest in Kawhi. Do you ever notice that? The exact same time the Lakers had all this interest in So why in did the Lakers – wait. Why did the Lakers create a video that was marketing to Paul George and that got leaked by the media person who eventually got fired, right? How come they created that if they had no interest in him? Was You're creating before? conspiracy stories. I'm creating – no. The, the video – When did it come out? Was it two weeks? It was two weeks before the free agency period started. You can go look it up. They got it, it. The video starts off with saying, you know, you a, a kid grows up in Bakersfield. If you watch the video, it's got this mm-hmm. kind of like dopey little dramatic. And now he can be playing down the road for one of the best teams and blah, blah, blah. That came out a couple weeks before. Instead of doing and like he got game. <laughs> it was it was it had a little bit of that kind of of. You know, Jesus Shuttlesworth walking into the stadium and then they put, you know, everything out. Right. That was what it, the, the plan was. The idea was. But anyways, it, it didn't it didn't work out. They created the video. They created a whole marketing plan. They created a whole strategy. And then Paul George never even gave him the opportunity to look at that. So whether Paul George got salty and decided uh, he didn't want to look at them because they were also looking at Kawhi. I don't know. But I do know the Lakers wanted him and they, he said no. Now, do you think Paul George would put the Lakers over the hump this year? Lakers, so because I'm not, I'm not a Paul George guy. Me neither. So that's why I'm no, I get, that. I get that. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. I like Paul George. I, I think he's a great guy to have as the second guy in a twosome. Yeah. Um, the guy plays amazing defense. I love he him he scores. 
No, I love him what he did last year. He was what the third or fourth most efficient player in the league last year. Um, you know, he, he doesn't get credit. Well, not well, not well, not in the playoffs. But yeah, go ahead. You're right. The whole team sucked in the playoffs. But I'm talking about a player efficiency with with Russ basically does what Russ is going to do. I think Paul George would have put this in a netter level. I honestly don't think anybody's beating the Warriors this year. Yeah. Uh, uh, that's just my opinion. Yeah, I, I believe that too. And and if I think the best team, the team that has the best opportunity, is actually Boston. Me too. Um, just because of how right. that team is built up, they have those pieces, and those pieces can right. play well together. You know, they have the alpha guy in in Kyrie. They have the 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 all around good player in Gordon Hayward. They have a bunch of of scrappy dudes, like you said. They've got people who just go over there and and will throw punches and do what needs to be done. So, anyways. I think that the way the teams are made up, um, that Boston has the best chance to unseat the Warriors. That said, I yeah. don't think they're going to do it. Um, I think Houston is going to be interesting to watch, but not ultimately much ado about nothing. Yeah, yeah the, the, whatever. There was no transaction to me or transactions that the Lakers could have done to beat the Warriors. There, I, don't think, I don't think there was anything. I think we pretty much conceded that the Warriors were just going to, you know, are the cream of the crop of the Western Conference and the NBA this year. So, yeah. So, but I also think that the Lakers it. could have set themselves up for uh, two and I think it's a little bit more than three quarters of max players by handling the dang situation differently. And yeah. now they're all running around excited and all their fans, including myself, are supposed to be excited because now they figured out a way to get two. It's like, wait a minute. The beginning of last season, the plan was for three. We were supposed yeah. to be building a super team here. Yeah. And now they've changed the narrative, so we're all supposed to be excited about only getting two. Yeah, well, I think if two other guys want to come, I believe they'll make a way to make that happen. And they just don't have any. I'm looking at their salary cap numbers right now. They literally do not have a way to make that happen um, because of the cap numbers, the way the cap numbers work out, and because they have an extra $5.5 billion in the cap. Due to uh, due to uh, Luol Deng, because I'll tell you this: if they got Paul George and LeBron this year and added Clay Thompson next year, you have three of the top defensive players in the league. You have three of the top offensive. You have all the top two-way players, like minus Kawhi, basically, on one team. Oh, yeah, cool. that team would have beat just about anybody. Okay, cool. mm. that's. A, I think that's the way to end it right there. I think so. I think that's good. Well, yeah. unless Jason, yeah, yeah. I mean, we can. Uh, we'll be back. All right. Well, always a pleasure. Well, I'm sure we're gonna do this again in what two weeks? We're gonna try for Thursdays. Yeah, we're. Um, yeah, I'm not holding to that because uh, every one of us <laughs> has a life that's going in different ways. But we're gonna try and do as many of this... these as we can, and definitely um, at least once a month, um, and, and more as we can do it. So, as always, I'm your host and moderator, GB Brian Jason. Anything you want to add to the people as we sign off? Thank you, God. Bless you. Good night. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Appreciate y'all.